What's going on, everybody? Episode 99. Here it is. I already got a cool. Well, that's not true. I do have. So I went to my cousin's house to watch the fight, right? And he's salty. Like, let's be honest. That, that guy's salty about the fact that I'm going to see events unfold June 9th and I didn't invite him. He goes, I told you about it and you're not even taking me. I'm like, bro, you know who the fuck I am? Nobody tells me about these things, bro. I find out first. Nobody in my immediate circle, right? Like, usually when it comes to stuff like that, I'm the one that usually finds out first, like with the fights. And then he has the audacity to say, who are they opening for, dude? I almost blew my fucking block off because he goes, who are they opening for? I'm like, what? What did you say? No. Avenged Sevenfold is headlining. They are closing the show, okay? They are not opening for anybody. People are opening for them. For those that don't know, it's going to be Falling in Reverse, and I believe it's called Pussy Right. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me and punch it off. Official on Instagram. Official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Peace, guys. The YouTube channel, I'm just waiting to get up the green screen. That's taking longer than what I thought it would. Um, the Substack is coming. I just have to sit down and do it. And I'm going to be on Squarespace very, very, very soon. I promise. Peace. Adrian again, welcome back to the Punch in the Mouth podcast, episode number 99. I can't believe we've gone this far. You know, like the Asking Alexander song says, you made it this far. It's a great song, but that's not why we're here, even though it could be, because I love Asking Alexandria. But we are here to talk about the results of UFC 287, the PFL results, People were mad about the main event, especially my cousin. That guy was upset. He wasn't upset at the result. He was upset with one of the scorecards. But I have to go back and watch that fight again. Of course, I'm talking about Larissa Pacheco and Julia Budd. Because I gave Larissa the second and the third round. I have to go back and look at the first round because I thought Julia Budd won that handedly. But I gave Larissa the second and the third. Bruno Capilosa, that guy's a murderer, bro. Like, I'm telling you, I don't know how well he would do in the UFC, but that guy in the PFL, he's a murderer. Let's look at it. Bro, and don't even ask me about my picks. I'm not very happy right now with that, okay? So please, let's not talk about that. I'm going to try to do better, though. Larissa Pacheco defeats Julia Budd, 30-27-29-28-30-27. Now, going into this season, if you watched last season, in my mind, Larissa was going to run through these girls. But you have to understand, she's a big girl, and she's cutting 10 more pounds. She has to make that weight, if she makes it all the way to the finals, three more times. I don't know how... Bad, it drains her energy, but at 155, she was a world beater, bro. She beat Kayla Harrison by a landslide. 
Um, and then there was some stuff said on Twitter by individuals saying that if none of these girls were on gear, nobody could be Kayla Harrison, insinuating that Larissa Pacheco was on gear last season. I don't know how the testing is done in PFL, but people shouldn't be saying that, man. People should not be saying that. Bruno Capiloza knocks out Mateo Sheffield. Olena Kolsonik defeats Aspen Ladd. Um, I thought Aspen Ladd was going to get that one. And the I think he's the great-grandson of Muhammad Ali, Bageo Ali Walsh. Biagio, sorry, Biagio, Biagio Ali Walsh. Um, he's the great-grandson of Muhammad Ali. He won. Jurgen De Castro won. So as far as I know... I went two and two with the PFL because I picked Aspen Ladd, I picked Henan Fiera, who, who also lost, and I picked Bruno Capiloza and Larissa Pacheco. As far as I can remember, because I didn't do a graphic for that one. But yeah, man. But this Friday is the debut of the Hurricane Shane Burgos. He's going to take on last season's lightweight champion in Obir Mercier. That's going to be a crazy fight. Don't miss that fight. Friday night, bro. Let me make sure it's this Friday before I get all excited and it's not this Friday. I don't know. The Virgin Hotel used to be the joint at the Hard Rock. I didn't know that until, yeah, it is this Friday. Yep, this Friday. Sabadou Sire will also return. Aubert Mercier will take on Shane Burgo. What? Whoa. Yeah, that's the main event. Shane Burgos versus Albert Mercier. Sabadou Sai will also return. Stevie Ray will return. Barbara Manfio will return. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Why is Albert Mercier... Bro, what the hell? Why are they the prelim card? I guess Sabadou Sai is the returning defending champ, but so is Albert Mercier. Why do they have the main event closing out the... What in God's... Dude, I wouldn't be surprised if the prelims did more numbers than the main card. What is going on here? What is wrong with you? How do you put the main event to close out the pre... You guys are some weird dudes. I want to say some other stuff, but they're going to be like, yo, chill, bro. But how do you put Shane Burgos versus Obey Mercier? To close out the prelims. That is a mistake. That is a mistake. Bro, they have it as it's the main event. Look, they're the ones on the poster. Like, why are you putting them on the prelim? Look, a lightweight bout between 2022 champion Albert Mercier and UFC veteran Shane Burgo gets top billing on the ESPN televised prelims. Like, what? Albert Mercier, who is on a six-fight winning streak since joining PFL, Won the 155-pound title after going 4-0 last season, including a second-round knockout of Stevie Ray in the finals. Burgo is making his PFL debut after signing with the promotion late last year. In addition, Ray will take on Nathan Scuttle, while Clay Collar welcomes Yamato Nishikawa to the promotion. Is it because Shane Burgo is making his debut? But he has a name. I guess what they don't want, because like Salbadusai and Jarrah Siliwali, Siliwali, they don't. They, I guess what they don't want is oh, because he's a UFC veteran. I guess that's what it is. 
I still think it's a mistake. They should be the main event because Shane Burgos is the man. Aubert Mercier is the man because they're both UFC vets, I guess. And PFL wants to not be the promotion where like, oh, look, we got UFC vets. Let's promote the hell out of our event. Like, they're going a different direction, which I can respect. I still think they should have at least been on the main card. But what can you do, man? What can you do? But there's that. That's this weekend. And then, of course, the big pay-per-view card on Saturday was UFC 287 Pereira versus Adesanya. First of all, I want to get this out the way because this was... It was depressing, honestly. Adesanya defeated Alex Pereira. Gilbert Burns defeats Jorge Masvidal. Rob Fon defeats Adrian Yanis. Kevin Holland defeats Santiago Pontenivio. Christian Rodriguez defeats Raul Rosas Jr. Kevin Gaston defeats Chris Curtis. Runa Pinherio defeats Michelle Watterson. Joe Pfeiffer defeats Gerald Mearshart. And Lupita Godinez defeats Cynthia Calvillo. Okay, for Lupita versus Cynthia, I had Lupita. Joe versus Gerald, I had Gerald. That's 1-1. One, one. The only gets worse. Rihanna versus Michelle, I had Michelle. 1-2. Kelvin versus Chris, I had Kelvin. So going into the main card, I, had, I was going even 2-2. Two, two. Christian versus Raul, I had Raul. 2-3. Kevin versus Santiago, I had Kevin. So going into the last three fights tonight, I was even. 3-3. Three, three. And then after that, your boy just bombed. Rob versus Adrian. I had Adrian Rob one. Gilbert versus Jorge. I had Jorge. And then Israel versus Alex. I had Alex. I guess what happened here is I bought too much into the hype. Like, I bought into the hype of Adrian Yanez. Because I knew Rob Pound was going to bring it. And then I just wanted Jorge to have his moment. So I went with Jorge. It looked like he was in phenomenal shape. Alex, I generally thought he was going to win. Alex, I thought he was going to win, and he was winning. We'll get into that right now. With the Raul Rosas thing, I think I just bought into the hype. Like the Adrian Yanez and the Raul Rosas, I bought into the hype. So I can say with at least three of these fights, I went with my heart instead of my head, which was the George one. I wanted George to get his moment. He deserves it. The Adrian one, I bought into the hype. And the Rosas one, I bought into the hype. Uyana, I just didn't know who she was. But after looking at her record, I was like, yeah, I should have went with her. I should have went with her. I didn't see any of the prelims. I only saw the main card. Because I was out of the house. Let's get into it, man. Christian Rodriguez versus Rosas. Something worth of notice, Christian missed weight. I don't know if that plays a factor. But a lot of fighters says it does. Um, another thing is, that's a 25-year-old versus an 18 or 19-year-old. I can never remember how old this guy is. There's difference in natural strength. Um, Raul would learn from this. Christian, first thing he's got to do is be able to make weight because then the UFC is going to be like, dude, you're winning these fights. Like, he's, he can't be another John Lineker. Don't be another John Lineker where you're, like, destroying guys, but you can't make 125, so you're literally in a wheelchair at the post-fight press conference. Because you're probably so drained and tired from the fight that you can't even walk. So don't be that guy. Kevin Holland versus Santiago Pontenivio. What a crazy fight. And people are saying that Kevin kept saying, You smell weed? I still don't know what part they're talking about. 
because they I heard between the first and second round I went back and looked at it I didn't hear it so I'm gonna have to go watch the fight again watch it from start to finish to see where it is because that's hilarious because where I originally watched it it was really loud and you couldn't really hear it so there's that Rob Font versus Adrian Yanez what a fight I don't know how that didn't win fight of the night Kelvin Gastelum versus Chris Curtis must have been a good fight because I didn't see it but it must have been good for Rob Font and Adrian Yanez not to win fight of the night Rob Font when that dude is on that dude's a world beater that dude will beat anybody when he's on bro that dude is the man Gilbert Burns versus George Mazadal. George just looked like he didn't. I don't like using the phrase he didn't have it anymore because you always have it. Like, that you physically can't do what your mind wants you to do. Because as you get older, the mind gets sharper. What, what delays is the physical aspect. Like, I'm pretty sure he's like, okay, do this. And he could, like, his body just wouldn't respond. Um, at one point, he just walked back into the cage. I don't know if Gilbert hit him with something. And he just walked back, but it looked like he's like, dude, this is too hard. So he officially retires. And like I did say, I, well, what I didn't want when I heard that he um, hinted that he was going to retire if he lost, what I didn't want is for the, the credit to be taken away from Gilbert. And that was already the story by Wednesday of last week. There's an article I'm looking for that I wanted to read. Here it is. And then Gilbert came out and said that he believes Jorge Masvidal was greasy. And look at what this article says. George Masvidal takes umbrage with Gilbert Burns' greasing accusations at UFC 287. I've never cheated. George Masvidal isn't happy with the accusation thrown his way in the wake of UFC 287. The BMF champ and longtime UFC contender was accused by his opponent Gilbert Burns of greasing in their welterweight co-main event Saturday night in Miami. Masvidal, who lost a decision to Burns and retired immediately after denies greasing or any type of foul play. There's commissions. There are numerous people backstage besides Yusada. Masvidal told Ariel Hawani on the MMA Hour. On Monday, I've never greased. I've never been caught for cheating or anything. Maybe I'm the sweatiest guy he knows, but I've never greased. I've never put anything on in my life. I've never done that in my life. Maybe he should blame his technique for being shitty and not being able to do anything. Just hold me. I've never cheated. The referee there was touching us constantly and breaking us up. You're telling me he couldn't see that I had greased? You know the difference between... That and sweating. Who's the main event now? I thought they were. Let's see. This is new to me. I don't even have this in my notes. Anthony Smith, I'm being bumped down from UFC Charlotte main event. I don't care. It doesn't say I don't care. It says something else. But I don't care what we'll do. You're telling me Razinho Rodenstrike and Dalton Almeida is getting main evented over them? Why? Are they trying to push this Almeida guy? Like, dude, that's crazy, bro. And he says this. The Believe Me podcast, Lionheart, says he's unfazed. It's not really so much me because it doesn't really bother me, Smith said. But I know a lot of people because I lost the Jamal Hill fight, then the backup thing in Brazil happened, and then it was supposed to be March 25th, and then it got bumped back to May 13th. So there's been a bunch of stuff going on with this fight. 
How do you, I, I, I want to understand the UFC's logic. Like, why would they bump Johnny Walker versus Anthony Smith down to, like, co-main? But then he goes on to say, Smith sees perks in the fight with Walker being downgraded. The only difference is it's a three-round versus a five-round, which, in, to be honest, is an easier fight, Smith added. So it's 10 less minutes, potentially. I obviously can't get into details, but the UFC is taking great care of me. Not upset. It doesn't matter. I'm good. Johnny's good. I signed the new contract, changing it from five rounds to three rounds. We are 100%. I think it says in or good or something. I can't see. So we are 100% go. I am so dialed in. I am so focused. I cannot give any. Sh- I cannot care any less. If it's the first fight, the last fight, somewhere in the middle, I don't care. I'm focused on me, and that's it. All right, so Anthony doesn't care. I must care more than Anthony because Anthony doesn't care. Good on him, man. If he doesn't care, that means he's ready to go. He's in that mindset like, I have tunnel vision, bro. Nothing's going to bother me. Let's go. That's what that is. So, yeah. So, last thing on the Jorge thing. I want to say thank you to Jorge for giving me memories. The very first memory I have of Jorge Mazadam, it's not a good one. He lost. And Bellator was using it to promote um, the the guy that beat him his upcoming fight because it was still when they were in the tournament. So I'm going to tell you. I just have to look at it. And Toby Imada. So Toby Imada was coming back into the tournament. And they were using the highlight that he reversed triangle. George. So that's the first memory I have of George. Then the second memory I have of George is when he fought Paul Daly. Because remember, Paul Daly was the man in 2010. He fought Josh Koscheck. He kind of lost his mind. And that's when he sucker punched Josh Koscheck. You guys remember that? Hold on. I got to fix this microphone because I know you guys are probably having a hard time hearing me. Is that better? That should be better. You guys remember when Paul Daly sucker punched Josh Koscheck and then Dana White immediately kicked him out of the UFC? Let me see. So he fought Koscheck in May of 2010. Then he fought again against Daniel Acasio at Impact FC2. And then in September, he fought George Masvidal at Shark Fights. Like, that's the thing about Jorge. Jorge went everywhere. Like, you know how, you know, like, Connor was in Cage Warriors and then they act like a feed organization to the UFC? Jorge went everywhere. He was in Bulldog fights. He was on this small show. He was on this other small show. Like, let me, I'll sh- let's see when he got, because when he was in Bellator, Bellator was barely coming up. So Bellator wasn't what it is today when he was fighting there. So his, his, let's say his first big promotion, because they were making good money there, was Bulldog Fights. He fought there three times. And then, I guess, at the time, Strike Force was still coming up. So he fought, like, one-offs. Like, he fought at the Strike Force Playboy Mansion on September 29th, 2007. And then he went to Crazy Horse Fights. And then he went Strike Force at the Dome. And then I, he fought in Japan, his next couple fights. And then, so he fought for Strikeforce before he fought for Bellator. 
And then he fought for Bellator three times, going two and one. And then he went back to Japan. And then he went back on the local circuit to Miami and then back to Japan again. And then he fought Paul Daly in shark fights. And then after that, I guess this is when he signed his exclusivity contract with Strike Force. Because after the shark fights fight with Paul Daly, he fought one, two. He fought four times for Strike Force. And then once the UFC bought Strike Force, he was a part of the fighters that went over to the UFC. Because so he went, I believe, let me see, one, two, it's one, two, three. He fought four times in Strike Force. He went four and one. His only loss in Strike Force was to Gilbert Melendez. And this day, oh no, this was a different day. I thought they fought on the same card as Daniel Cormier and Josh Barnett. Fought on. We sure that was the right day? Because I could have sworn they were the co main event. But I don't know, man. Let's see. Let's see. And why do I have to keep fixing this thing? Stay right here close to me. Because then these people can't hear me. And then I get text messages. Yo, we can't hear you. You know what I'm saying? But let me. I'm going to go back and see. Because they're saying that was a main event. And I clearly remember when it happened. It not being a main event. So let me see. I guess so, man. Then who was the main event for? Oh, they fought in 2011. I thought they fought in 20. Then they had to fight again. No, well, I guess not. Then who is it that Gilbert? Because I know Gilbert fought the day Daniel Cormier fought Barnett. Let's see. He fought Josh Thompson. Dude, all all these years I thought it was Gilbert that fought him that day. I mean Jorge, but I guess not. Bobby Green also fought on that card. Crazy. This day was the, the day of this fight was the day of my high school prom, May 19, 2012. That's crazy, bro. But still, going back to what I was saying. Thank you, Jorge. Jorge Mazadal, Fighter of the Year 2019. Is an absolute legendary career. That guy came from nothing. He came from the backyard streets of Kimbo Slice. Fights. And he made himself into arguably top four superstars of all of MMA. Without fighting Connor. Like Khabib fought Connor. Nathan fought Connor. I mean, Jorge fought Nathan. And I guess Nathan's the one that gave him the rub because that dude was made. People like to say it was the flying knee. And uh, people that know me are going to be like, stop it. But for me, it's going to be the call out of Nathan Diaz making the bad motherfucker belt. Um,. And then them headlining MSG. Did it end kind of lackluster? Yes. Do I want to see what Nathan could have done in the fourth and the fifth round? For sure. But it is what it is, man. Congratulations, Jorge. You came up short winning a UFC belt, but you didn't come up short winning millions of people's hearts. Congratulations, Jorge. Good luck on game bread boxing uh, and whatever else you do. I will be watching. Hey, maybe someday I get to interview the dude. He's always invited to punch in the mouth TV. So let's move on. The main event Israel Adesonia versus Alex Pieda. Oh my God. Bro, like, can I say this? And this is no disrespect to Israel, but I want to say this. You know what Saturday proved to me? And people are going to get fucking 
irritated they hear this and I'm probably going to lose. Hey, whatever happened last week, let me say something. Whatever happened last week with episode 97, I need it to happen again. We got some good listens. I need that to happen again. So whoever told somebody and they did something, do it again. But what I'm about to say might make me lose some listeners. You know what Saturday proved to me? For one, Alex Pereira is the fucking man. Number two, Israel has a great mindset. Number three, this is the one that's going to piss everybody off. But this is how I feel. Alex Pereira is the better fighter. I said it. I said it. Sue me. Alex Pereira is the better fighter. Because he was winning that fight decisively. Like, let's look at it. I guarantee you, I look at these scorecards... They all gave Alex the first round. Let's see. Here we go. Here we go. I've not seen this. We're not going to look at it until I'm ready to look at it. But I guarantee you, Alex won the first round. Thank God they put the prelims first because I'm looking at it. I'm like, I know they didn't go three rounds. And and then some... He's not some dude, but I'm not going to say his name. He goes, dude... That reminded me of Rampage Jackson versus Chuck Liddell. Rampage rolled with the punch and then boom. And then he tries to show it to me. And then, and then I see the slow-mo video on Twitter. That was not that, okay? That was Alex overextending his arm. Israel saw the opening and threw the punch. So stop it, okay? Uh, and this other this other narrative that Israel threw out there, I baited him in. No, you didn't. You did not. Israel, I am not a fighter. You say you can do my job. You're invited on the show. I love you. But anybody with a brain and a set of eyes could see you were hurt. He threw the body shot. What he should have done was back up and threw a kick. But he was overconfident and taking nothing. Israel did what he had to do. I'm not hating on Israel. Israel's one of the best fighters in the world. But to sit there and say, I baited him? Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Your leg, you even admitted it. It got trashed in the first round. It didn't look good in the second round. But come on, Izzy. To tell me you baited him? And I do agree with Israel. I hope I could feel a level of happiness that he felt at some point in my life that night. You know you know how I hope you feel? You guys help me blow this podcast up and we get some cool interviews, bro. That's what would help me feel what Israel was saying. So let's go look at it, bro. I'm, ner- I'm a little nervous, honestly. Yeah. Jorge got smoked. On two of the three judges scored cards, he got 30-27. And one judge gave him the first round. Jorge got smoked. Let's see, let's see, we're about to see. Let's see if I'm right. Dude, what? These fucking judges have no idea what the fuck they're looking at. None of them gave it. How did Israel win that first round? I'm going to have to go back and look at this fight again. Because, actually, let's do it right now. We're only going to watch the first round because to me, Alex clearly won. Actually, we'll do that for the opinion episode because, dude, what? How did Israel win the first round? I clearly saw it for Alex. I need to go back and look at that. 
First of all, Saudi Amato. We all know. How did Israel win the first round? I clearly gave it to Alex. But I'm going to go back and look at it. But okay. Uh, to me, Alex was winning this fight. 10-9 for Alex. I believe, I bet you if I go on any play-by-play, -play, let's see. You see? What the? Bro, these fucking judges. Look, MMA junkie Pereira immediately begins attacking Adesanya's leg with kicks. Four or five have already connected in, in the first minute. Both guys very tentative, very measured. Adesanya on the outside, Pereira on the inside. Adesanya also landing a couple of leg kicks here. Three minutes left, Adesanya back. Adesanya backing now. Pereira. Pereira continuously connecting with those leg kicks. The two sizing each other up until the end of the bell. MMA Junkie scores the the round 10-9 Pereira. Like, yeah, what are you looking, what are these judges looking at? I'm going to go back and watch it for myself. For the opinion episode. Because these fucking judges are starting to piss me the fuck off, bro. Like, how do you give the first round to Izzy? I'm not saying, like, the actual scorecard, they don't matter. Because Izzy knocked his ass out cold. But to tell me... Alex lost the first round. Get out of here, bro. Like, what? What? And that to that other guy. Tell me. It looked like Rampage when he fought Chuck Liddell. No, it did not. Okay? No, it did not. So, going back to the main event. Good on Israel. The one thing I did not like that he did was make fun of Alex's son. Because if you guys don't know what that fall is that he did at the end. When they first... The second time they fought, because the first fight, I believe, went to decision. And the second time, he knocked him out cold. Alex's son, who was either five or six at the time, um, mimicked Israel the way he was laying on the floor. Like, how old is Israel? That dude's 33, gonna be 34. Like, dude, what are you doing mocking a 12-year-old? Like, when it comes to stuff like that, I expect better from people, especially... Champions representing a sport. Like, wh what are you doing? You want to be a face of a, of a company? That That's cool, bro. But you can't be doing those type of things. And he even said, I'm petty as fuck. That's why. Um, What's next for these guys? Wait. Yeah, so what are you doing? Well, one thing I do agree with, with him on is I hope I feel happy as he did in my life at some point in my life, like I said earlier. I really hope I do because we all deserve to be that happy. That guy looked happy, man. Congratulations, Izzy. But don't be mocking little kids, bro. Come on. I expect... I, people, we should expect better from people we look up to. And a lot of people look up to Israel. Israel didn't ask for it, but a lot of people look up to him. I shouldn't say I, because who am I to him? I'm nobody. And look, it says right here, Alex Pereira responds to footage of Israel Adesanya taunting his son at UFC 287. Like, the bow and arrow thing, that was cool because it signifies three times. We fought three other times. You got me once, and then you got me twice, and one went to decision, but I, I left you unconscious. That was cool to me. Like, that's fine. It was just this past Saturday, April 8th, at UFC 287, where Israel Adesanya defeated Alex Pereira via KO, and in the process reclaimed the middleweight championship title. Following the victory, it was Adesanya who mocked Alex Pereira's son by pointing him out in the crowd, and then jumping to the floor and playing dead. There is a history there, as it was Pereira's son who made that exact same gesture when his father knocked out Arisanya 
in a kickboxing match seven years ago. Pereira admits he understands why the last stop bender to game Adesan following the knockout win. The former champion addresses Adesanya's action in a YouTube video saying, I don't know, I wouldn't do the same. I can play with him, I've always played with him. And teased him, it was something that happened. But I don't know, it's another child. I don't know what his feelings was. I don't know, it was seven years ago. He was enduring it and I saw his joy and he had he had after the knockout because this was his dream. This was his dream and he made it. But we're comparing him with a child who was five years old at the time. So, okay. That that means that kid is 12 now. Right? I don't have that mind. It says, I can provide it because today he's 12 years old. And before the fight, I saw he was being influenced by other people. Sometimes even in some interviews and some reports say, you're going to do this. He said, I'm going to do it again. And so, and so on. He laughed. Maybe Israel heard that. Maybe if Alex's son said that to a media member, because the media likes to start shit. And, like, you, you guys would probably laugh at me saying that because I'm trying to be part of the media. But, like, some of these questions are fucking stupid. Like, they're telling you, hey, guys, don't bring up the altercation between Holland and, and Jorge. Fine, I won't bring it up. I won't. Get mad at Oscar, the guy that does a Mac Life, because he was the first one to bring it up. And they asked him, hey, bro, don't ask. But the other guys that kept asking, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, the schmo. What are you doing? Now Dana doesn't like you. He Ask him to go on the schmo zone now. He's not going to do it. Because you're asking questions they obviously don't want things to start. And, like, come on, dude, use a brain. Like, I get, I want clicks. Did you not just hear what I said a few minutes ago? Whatever happened two episodes ago, can you guys make it happen again? Because I want clicks, but come on, man. Use your brain. Use your brain. Why didn't you wait for the five weeks to simmer down? You go, you reach out to the PR people at the UFC and ask them, Dana, can we talk about the situation here, 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 here? Now that tension simmered down. But you guys are asking them, when one, they're cutting weight. Two, they really don't want to be there. And three, they just sold, they just merged with WWE. You think Dana wants that type of attention? You don't think he's mad that it got caught on camera? I guarantee you he was irate. So going back to what I was saying. If Israel heard this, then I understand more or less why he did that. Because if the kid is saying, I'm going to do it again if he knocks him out, I get it. But again, Israel, you're 33 going on 34. How are you going to sit there and be petty with the 12-year-old, bro? Come on. Come on. So, congratulations, Izzy. Again, I keep saying it because I want it to come true. I will hopefully one day feel as happy as he did on Saturday night. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. What's next for these guys? There are rumors that Alex isn't even going to... um fathom to stay at middleweight that he's probably gonna go up to light heavyweight um which i believe makes him way scarier like there's good fights for him there like look number 13 khalil roundtree dustin jacoby jimmy crew i wouldn't mind seeing him against ray well i don't think he would fight reyes because reyes went and trained with them for his last fight so i think they built a good relationship so i don't think he would fight reyes can you imagine him versus 
Johnny Walker. I'm talking about Alex Pereira here for anybody confused. And then there's Nikita Krilov, there's Anthony Smith, there's Rackage, there's Blakovic, Blakovic, there's Magomed Akilaev, and the one that I really want to see, but want to see, but nobody's saying it. Ska. That's right. You're not going to tell me that that's not going to be the fight that you don't want to see. You're telling me you don't want to see Yuri versus, versus Alex Pereira? You are out of your mind. If you really believe that, don't talk to me. Because I will look at you with crazy motherfucking eyes and be like, stop it, okay? Stop talking to me because I don't appreciate what you're saying. You want to take away one of the greatest fights that could ever be put together? Stop that right now. How old is Alex? Let's go look at it. Because if Israel's going on 34, that must mean Alex is probably 35, 36. He's 35. He's going to be 36. Put on hands of stone. So I don't know how much longer Alex is going to fight because, like, he's right now in his prime age. Maybe he has one good year left in him. But we shall see, man. We shall see. But, yeah, if he doesn't get rid of, I mean, I saw the word rid, so I said it. But if he doesn't move up to light heavyweight, please get that rematch with Israel. Right now, he's the only guy that could beat him. And Saturday proved that to me that if he doesn't overextend, he would have won this fight. Again, no disrespect to Israel. It sounds like I'm knocking Israel, but I'm really trying not to. I know it sounds like it, but I'm trying not to. Because Israel is a great champion. He deserves everything, you know. But I honestly believe Alex is the better fighter, especially the way they both fight. That's just my opinion, guys. So if Alex, if you're not going to move up to 205, which I believe he is, because another thing is Alex probably cuts a lot of weight. I bet you Alex gets up to somewhere between 240 to 250 when he's not fighting. And for him to cut down to all the way to 185, that's crazy. I'm pretty sure he could take a better hit at 205. Because again, not to diminish Israel's power, but when you're cutting a lot of weight, you can't take hits as well. So if if I'm Alex, I, sh I asked for the rematch. Like, why wouldn't they give him the rematch? And Izzy says he wants him to run the gauntlet. If he runs the gauntlet and he beats all these guys down, he's just going to get better. Like, Izzy should fight him again right now that he still makes, like, amateurish mistakes. So, look, if Alex doesn't move up, you could fight Robert Whitaker. He should go and fight Jared Cannonier, honestly. Because I'm hearing Paulo Costa... And Hamza Chimaev are going to fight. Even though the UFC still has Hamza at number 3 at welterweight. I heard Paulo Costa and Hamza Chimaev are going to fight this year in the fall. Or he should fight, Alex Pereira should fight Marvin Vittori. Now with Israel is where it gets hard, right? Because Israel's beating Alex, Israel's beating Robert. If it's not Alex next. The, the correct answer for both of these guys is it's each other again. He beat Alex, he beat Robert, he beat Marvin, he beat Jared, he beat Paulo. The only guy left is Duplices. And they don't like each other, bro. Let me go see if I can find it. Look what this is. Israel Assign wants to drag out the Chris Duplices carcass across South Africa. Duplices responds. You've seen middleweight champion Israel Assign wouldn't mention Dr Drickis, not the Chris Drickis Duplices by name. 
but it was clear whom he was speaking about in the post-fight UFC 287 press conference. Asaya was apparently not too pleased at recent comments by South African native and UFC middleweight Duplessis, who indicated that he was more authentic African than Adesanya and the three kings, including Francis Ngannou and Kamar Usman. That's funny. I don't give this guy clout, the UFC champ said. I, I want to whoop him so bad. I want to whoop him so bad. I want I want to do it in South Africa or Nigeria. But he's got work to do. He's got to do something, show me something, so I can whoop that ass. And I can show you history. <laughs> I remind you because you chose your words wisely. When you speak on people that have come before you. People that have paved the way for you. You got to pick your words wisely. You want to try and be a big boy? I want to be with the big boys. Go choose your words wisely. But I don't want to give him no clout. But if he does work and I pray to God he keeps winning. I will gladly, I will gladly drag his carcass across South Africa. Duplessis recently picked up his fifth straight win. With the stoppage of vet Derek Brunson at UFC 285, he called for a time, title eliminator bout or a title shot in his next bout. UFC Dana, President Dana White has targeted an event to take place in Africa, but the promotion was unable to capitalize during the reign of Adesanya, Ngannou, and Usman, the latter of two of which no longer hold titles with the promotion. After recapturing the middleweight title, Adesanya lives in New Zealand but represents his native Nigeria regularly. Speaking his native tongue during the press conference, through, through his demeanor on his next opponent, an up-and-coming Duplessis offered an easy storyline for the new chap. On Monday, Duplessis wasted no time mentioning Adesanya by name. So you don't want to say my name. That's smart of you. You better not, he wrote. I don't need your airtime at all. I have my whole continent of Africa behind me. Go enjoy your very spectacular victory at home in New Zealand. UFC Africa is far from being done. At least another year. I'll meet you on neutral ground this year. And if you still feel so strongly after facing me, I can take your belt home. I'll give you another chance and come and try to face me in my home, soil of Africa. We are Africa. We fear nothing and, and certainly nobody. That's hilarious, but I want to see, can, can I see this fight now? Even though I have a pretty good idea of how it would go. Just the amount of just smack talk that would, fight week's going to be fun if the, do, do this fight now. If Alex isn't going to, I either want to see Alex get the rematch or you give it to Drickus Duplices because this is awesome, okay? This is awesome. This weekend, you got Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen, Edson Barbosa versus Billy Colantello, Dustin Jacoby versus Amaza Murzakinov, Ian Kutislave versus Tanner Bozer, Pedro Munoz versus Chris Gutierrez, Clay Guida versus Rafa Garcia. Dude, Zach Cummings is fighting Ed Herman? That's a crazy fight. Crazy fight. My boy Brandon Royval is coming back. TJ Brown's already fighting again? A different TJ. Never mind. I thought it was the guy that fought in, in Australia back in February, but I'm wrong. Crazy fights, bro. I'm going to do some research because I don't want to go 9-3 and three again. So before the next episode, some research will get done. But Max Holloway coming back is like a crazy fight. Let's look at the rankings because if Max wins, like it throws everything into a monkey wrench. But before that, 
Yair Rodriguez versus Alexander Volkanovsky will take place on International Fight Week. If not official, it's very close to becoming official. So look, Max is being Brian. He's going to fight Arnold. I believe him and Emmett never fought. Emmett's going to fight Taporia. Calvin Cater, I don't know what he did to Giga Chigadze, but he did something that that guy hasn't fought. But I don't know, man, because if Max wins, okay. Like, either way, he's in purgatory because if, let's say Yair beats Volkanovski, they're going to give Volkanovski an immediate rematch. And if Max wins, who, do you, who is he going to fight? The winner of Josh Emmett and Taporia? Max is so crazy, he'll take the fight. How old is Max? Let's see how old Max is. Max is 31. That dude has at least four to five good years in him left still. Especially since his last fight was more than a year ago. Oh, he fought in 2022? I thought his last fight was in 2021. Never mind. Okay. And he's already saying, don't be surprised that I get a fourth fight with Volkanovski. He's already saying that. Could you, could you guys imagine that he gets a fourth fight with Volkanovski? That would be insane. But we got to see what happens this weekend. It should be a good fight. What time do these fights start? I hate fight nights because I never know what time they start. I always know what time UFC fights start, but I never know when these fight nights start. Oh. Yeah, 5.30. Let's see. Classy Max Holloway finally opens up on the former UFC featherweight champion Max Holloway recently got candid about his third loss to Volkanovski. Holloway originally lost the featherweight gold to the great back in UFC 245 in December of 2019. The pair ran it back twice, with Volkanovski winning both times. At UFC 251, the Aussie champ just barely survived via split decision. At UFC 276, however, he firmly put a stamp on his rivalry with Blast in a dominant performance in route to a unanimous victory. Since then, Volkanovski has tried his luck at 155, losing via decision to UFC lightweight champ Islam Mahashev. At UFC 284, the defeat marked the great's first setback in the UFC. Holloway, meanwhile, has not fought since the trilogy bout with Volkanovski. He will make his long way to return to the cage opposite Arnold Allen on UFC at UFC on ESPN 44. In a recent interview with ESPN MMA, Max Holloway discussed his tough UFC 276 showdown with Alexander Volkanovski. Holloway explained that the great was simply the better man that night. That man was just better that night. That night, man, it is what it is. That's what happened, Holloway said. I can tell you all that. I didn't feel good that night. I had a sore stomach and blah, 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 blah. And this and that. But I hate when people whine, man. I hate when people make excuses. I'm not going to make no excuses for myself. I went out there, I made the walk, then I believed I could get it done. I didn't, and he was just a better man that night. I mean, honest, when I saw that fight, I told myself, why is Max fighting like this? He looks hurt. Like, something looked off about Max that night. But we shall see, man. This weekend, watch some of those crazy, because Arnold Allen is cool as heck. That guy is the man. He's quiet. That's why we not a lot of people know a lot about him, uh, because that dude be yelling sound bites. Conor McGregor left and right, but yeah, he's quiet. But that dude's a killer, bro. It's gonna be a hard fight for Max. It's gonna be a hard fight. But we shall see, man. We shall see what happens. We got PFL this weekend. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me, punching them out the official on Instagram, official underscore P I T M on Twitter. 
Peace, guys. Later. Enjoy the fight. Episode 100 is coming. I can't believe we made it. Like Danny Warsnap says, you made it this far, bro. You made it this far. Peace, guys. Later.